0: نلهمنا الهدى نحمله ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن الله فلا الله وحده وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها فَتَصَمَّنْهُما رِجَالًا كَثِيرًا وَنِسَاءً وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَيْكُمْ رَقِيبًا يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَن اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ ف فَإِنَّ أَصْتَقَى الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْحَدِي مُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَشَارُ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةً بِدَعَةً وَكُلَّ bolada, بُلَالَةً وَكُلَّ دُلَالَةً final. مَرْحَبًا بِكُمْ جَمِيعًا أَهْلًا وَسَهْلًا We continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al Nawi رحمه الله تعالى. And in the last class, we arrive to the portion of the hadith, Kala Fa Akbirni and Al Iman. For Kala Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al Iman, and Tukmina Billahi, Wamala Ikatihi, Wakutabihi, Wurusulihi, Walyomel Akhir, Bil Bilkadiri Khairihi, Washarihi, Kala Sodak. So the questioner, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Inform me about al-Iman And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa responded That Iman or faith is that you believe in Allah His angels, His books, His messengers the last day in that you believe in the divine decree, the good of it and the bad of it. And the question is said, you have spoken the truth. So after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained and defined what is Islam, and he mentioned the five pillars of Islam, the Shahada of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad al-Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The testimony that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is the messenger of Allah The establishment of the prayer, the payment of the zakat Fasting in the month of Ramadan and making the hajj To the house of Allah for the one who has the ability the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was then asked about Al-Iman. What is faith? As he said, inform me about Al-Iman. And the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that Iman is that you believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messenger, His messengers, the last day, and that you believe in the divine decree, the good of it and the bad of it. We covered that. This hadith is the proof that whenever Islam and Iman are mentioned together, they have a separate meaning. Whenever Islam and Iman are mentioned together, they have a separate meaning. And Islam, when mentioned with Iman, refers to that which is outward. And Iman, when mentioned alongside with Islam, it refers to that which is inward. As for when they are mentioned separately, then they have the same meaning they have the same meaning so here the prophet sallallahu wasallam he mentions that iman is that you believe in allah the angels books the messengers the last day and the divine decree that which is mentioned here is referring to the matters of the heart or the actions of the heart the, the person's belief a person's belief is the action that takes place in the heart. With Ahlul Sunnah, Iman is al-I'tiqad bil-Jinan, al-Kul bil-Lisan, wal-Amal bil-Alkan, yazidu bi-Ta'atil-Rahman, wa-yankus bi-Ta'atil-Shaytan. This is Iman with the people of the Sunnah and those who have united upon the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam. That Iman or faith is a belief of the heart, statement of the tongue, actions of the body parts. It increases when you are obedient to Ar-Rahman and it decreases when you are obedient to the Shaytan. It decreases. When you obey Shaytan, your Iman goes down. This is what Iman is with Ahl-Sunnah and Jemaah. But here the focus is upon that which is inward. In this hadith, the hadith of Jibril. Al-Iman billa az Belief in Allah consists of four maras. The first mara Al Iman biwujudhi Subhanahu wa Ta'ala Belief in the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh U Tayymeen wa'imulla ta' he stated, Fa man ankara Fa man ankara allaha sabi mu'min That whoever denies Allah, this person is not a believer. ذَلِكْ لَا يُمْكِنْ أَنْ يُوْجَدْ أَحَدٌ يُنْكِرْ وجود اللَّهِ تعالى بقرارتي نفسه. But even with that, it is not possible that a person or for anyone to deny the existence of Allah within himself meaning you may find that a person outwardly denies that Allah exists but within himself the person acknowledges the existence of Allah why is that because this is embedded in the fitra in the natural disposition as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned Mamin min illa yulad ala fitra that there is no child that's born except the child is born upon the natural disposition. أو 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 but then the two parents turn the child into a Jew or a Christian or a Magian or a polytheist. Or a polytheist. So every child that's born. The child is born upon the natural disposition. That's the license plate? Yeah. Mercedes Benz. It was a Mercedes Benz with the license plate of Mariba. Mercedes Benz, with the license plate, Mariba. No. <clears throat> so every child that comes into existence... That child comes into existence upon that fitrah that Allah has created the child upon. And then the outside surrounding circumstances, whether the parents or the society or the upbringing, takes the child away from that fitrah, that natural disposition. And the scholars they mention, if you notice in the hadith, the Prophet did not say or turn the child into a Muslim. Why? Because Islam is the natural way of life. The Prophet didn't say, or oh, the two parents turn the child into a Muslim. Islam is the natural way of life. So if the child is not corrupted, naturally the child is going to incline towards Islam. Because it is embedded in the fitrah, the fitra, the natural disposition of the child to believe in Allah, and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah Azza wa when He took out the progeny of Adam from him, he said, Alas to be Rabbikum, And my natural Lord, they said, Rather you are our Lord, we bear witness. Also, the scholars they mentioned, if you look at the story between Musa and Fir'aun, Fir'aun said, Wa And I am your Lord, the Most High. This was the claim of Fir'aun, that he was the Lord which means that He is the creator, and He is the provider and the likes. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that Musa Alayhi Salam he said to Fir'aun, لَقَدْ عَلِمْتَ مَا أَنزَلَ هَا illa إِلَّا رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ. And you certainly know that no one has caused these signs to descend or to be present except for the Lord of the heavens and the earth. Also Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions about Fir'aun and his people وَجَاهَدُوا بِهَا And they denied the signs of Allah out of oppression and arrogance. Although within themselves they certainly knew. So you have the people who outwardly deny the existence of Allah, but within themselves, they know for a fact that Allah exists. So a part of belief in Allah is believing in the existence of Allah. The second matter of believing in Allah is to believe in the Lordship of Allah. That Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the creator. That Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the provider. That Allah Azza wa Jal, he is the one who gives life, causes death. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is singled out in His actions. That Allah Jalla is singled out in His actions. In Allah Jalla mentions in Surah Al-Fatiha, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And all of the praises due to Allah, the Lord of the creation. So one is not to make partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His Lordship. Allah azza is alone in the affair of creating. Allah azza is alone in the matter of providing. Allah is ar-razaq, the off provider. The actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is to be singled out in those affairs. And anyone who makes a partner for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his lordship, then he has committed shirk. But in most cases, you do not find people committing shirk in the lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah mentioned about the polytheists of the Quraysh, saying to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَالْأَرْضِ and if you were to ask them who created the heavens and the earth they would say Allah. So the polytheists although they worship idols they believed that Allah existed and they believed that Allah was the creator. And they believed that Allah was the provider and the one who causes life or brings about life and causes death. They believed that. If you look at the story when Abraha he came with the elephants to destroy the Kaaba. Abdul Muttalib, when they abandoned the the vicinity of the Kaaba, his statement was like or his statement was that there is a Lord of this house who will protect it. So they believed in the existence of Allah and that Allah was the Lord. The issue with the polytheists of the Quraysh. Is that they associated partners with Allah in the affair of worshiping Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and this was the dispute between the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the polytheists of that time: is that Allah alone has the right to be worshipped. Just as you believe that Allah alone creates, Allah alone provides, Allah alone gives life and causes death, then Allah alone is to be worshipped. Allah alone is to be worshipped. Allah Azza wa He mentions establishing the matter of the belief of the polytheists. One moment. Allah Azza wa mentions. مَا أَكْثَرُهُمْ إِلَّا وَهُمْ مشركون. Most of them do not believe, except that they are polytheists. Question here, what is meant by belief here? Most of them do not believe, except that they are polytheists. So Allah is establishing that they have some iman with them, but they are still mushrikun. What is intended here? By their belief. In the who? Most of them do not believe except that they are polytheists. Most of them do not believe except that they are polytheists. Huh but what what the iman that Allah speaks about here he says they, 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 most of them do not believe except so they have iman what's what's, the, what's meant by their iman here yes huh that's the point they they believe that Allah exists they believe that Allah is what the lord the creator that's that's the extent of their faith They believe Allah exists, they believe that Allah is the creator and the provider. However, along with that, they still make partners with Allah. They're still mushrikun. They have iman from the aspect of believing in Allah's existence and His Lordship. But still at the same time, they are polytheists because they do not worship Allah alone. No. So what is the point that we get here? It is not sufficient for the people to just believe that Allah exists and to believe that Allah is the Lord. It is a must that they have, along with believing in the existence of Allah and believing in Allah's Lordship, that they believe that Allah alone is to be worshipped. And this is the third aspect of believing in Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone has the right to be worshipped. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجَنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I have not created the jinn nor nor mankind except to worship. This is the purpose of creation. Allah has created all of us to worship Him alone. And it is not right to take this right that belongs to Allah and to give it to someone or something else. Because that someone or that something else did not create us that someone or that something else does not provide for us. That someone or that something else is not the one or the thing that will cause our death, and is not the one or the thing that will resurrect us on the Day of Judgment. So being that Allah is alone in the affair of His Lordship, then Allah is to be made singled out in the affair of worship. Allah subhanahu wa taala he mentioned, "وَمَا أمروا إلا الله حنفا. And they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone sincerely, making the entire religion for Him as monotheists. This is the command of Allah subhanahu wa taala, past, present and for the future. This has always been the commandment of Allah. That the people worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, and not make partners for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that their practice of the religion is to be solely for the sake of Allah. This is Allah's right. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was with Mu'ad, an, and he said, Ya Mu'ad, and Mu'adh said, Labaika, Ya Rasulullah wa Sa'adiq. He said, Here I am, O Messenger of Allah at your service. And then the Prophet, he went quiet. Then the Prophet said, Ya Mu'adh. And then Mu'adh, he said, Labaika, Ya Rasulullah wa Sa'adiq. Here I am, O Messenger of Allah at your service. Then the Prophet remained silent. And then the Prophet said for a third time, Ya Mu'adh. And Mu'adh, radiallahu anhu, he said, Labaika, Ya Rasulullah wa here I am, O messenger of Allah at your service. The Prophet said to him, Sallallahu Allah alaihi wasallam." Atedri, ma hakul Allah al-ibad, wa ma hakul ibad al-Allah. He said, "Do you know the right of Allah upon the servants, and do you know the, ser- the right of the service upon Allah?" Qala Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Mu'adh said, "Allah and His messenger knows best." The Prophet, Sunnah Allah alaihi wasallam, he said, "Hakul Allah al-ibad." He said, the right of Allah upon the servants is that they worship Him alone and don't make any partners for Him. وَحَقُّ الْعِبَادِ عَلَى اللَّهُ أَنْ لَا يُعَذِّبْ مَنْ لَا يشرك به And the right of the servants upon Allah is that Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with Him. Here the Prophet sallam Called Mu'adh name three times to get his attention This is from the The good mannerisms of teaching That you get the attention of the people And then convey the message to them So he said Ya Mu'adh, Ya Mu'adh, Ya Mu'adh And each time Here I am a messenger of Allah at your service Here I am a messenger of Allah at your service Here I am He's ready to receive this message So the Prophet he asked the question Important question Do you know the right of Allah upon the servants? And do you know the right that the servants have upon Allah? Allah has given the servants this right That the servants worship Allah alone And don't associate no partners with Him. That's Allah's right People talk about rights The greatest of the rights is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You have all of these movements Civil rights movements This movement Human rights movement, the women's rights movement. What about the rights of the Lord, of the heavens and the earth? Huh? What about His right? His right is the greatest right before any of any, any of the rights of the people or the rights human animals' rights. And we have all of these movements today dealing with rights. The most important right is the right of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala upon the creation. Everything else comes after that. So the right that Allah Azza wa Jalla has upon the servants is that the servants worship Allah alone and don't associate no partner. This is a part of al iman billah, belief in Allah, belief in Allah, and it's not just I believe that Allah exists. I believe that Allah is the Creator, and then that's it. We have to worship Him, and when we do worship Allah Subhanahu wa taala alone, we are entitled to that which Allah has promised. And that is that he does not worship. He does not punish the one who does not associate anyone with him in his worship. But here's the question. We have in the authentic narration that there will be some Muslims who will go to the hellfire. So is this a contradiction? Tayyib. So how do we understand that the right of the servant upon Allah is that Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with him? But those Muslims who go to the hellfire, they're not polytheists. So how can we bring harmony between the two? If someone comes to you and there's a contradiction in your religion. One narration says that Allah will not punish the one who does not associate partners with him. But in other narrations, it shows that Muslims will be in the hellfire. For sure, the Quran and the Sunnah do not contradict But here's the point, those Muslims that go to the hellfire, the, were they worshipping other than Allah? No, they're still Muslims. I'm with you. But how do we understand the point? Because the, the hadith of Mu'adh, the Prophet said, in the right of the servants upon Allah, is that Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with Him." So those Muslims who will go to the hellfire, they did not associate any partners with Allah. So then, how do we understand it? It has two meanings, actually. Give me one of the meanings. That whoever dies from amongst the Muslims, not associated partners with Allah, they will never go to the hellfire. That they will go straight to paradise. But the Prophet said, the right of the servants upon Allah is that Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with Him. So now, how can we have another narration that says Muslims will go to the hellfire? They didn't commit shirk. How do you bring harmony between the two? If somebody says this is a contradiction in your religion, how do you defend? Do we have contradictions in our religion? No. Of course not. Right? Of course not. So, how, how do we understand the narrations when they come together? Ta'ihi. Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with Him, it has two meanings. Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with Him at all, meaning that the Muslim who dies upon tawheed, worshipping Allah alone, goes straight to paradise without any stop in the hellfire. Express. The other meaning is that Allah does not punish the Muslim forever. Allah does not punish the one who does not associate partners with them forever. Meaning that there are Muslims who will go to the hellfire and get punished, but they will not be punished, what? Forever. That's your harmony right there. So as for those Muslims who will go to the hellfire, may Allah protect us from being from amongst them. I mean. The hadith in relation to them Is that they will not They are being punished But they will not be punished forever Do you see the exit from that? So this is not a contradiction They will not be punished Meaning they will not be punished at all Or they will not be punished forever Two meanings Two meanings But the point Barakallah That the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is that we worship Him alone And we do not associate any partners in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth matter is the belief and the names and the attributes of Allah. That Allah is unique, and there is nothing similar to Him. As Allah mentions, Allahu لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ لَهُ أحد. Say He, Allah is one. Allah Azza is As-Samad, meaning that Allah is the one who is self-sufficient. But everything other than Allah, everything in creation depends upon Allah. Allah does not have children, nor does anyone have Allah. He's not the child of anyone. And there's nothing comparable to Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Believing in the names and the attributes of Allah And that Allah wajal is unique Is established in this surah, surah, uh, surah Al-Ikhlas As one of the sahaba, رضي الله عنهم أجمعين Whenever he would pray, leading the companions in prayer He would recite Surah Al-Ikhlas And the sahaba, they mentioned this to the Prophet wasallam. And the Prophet questioned him as to why he's always reciting Surah al-Ikhlas. And he mentioned Radiallahuan that in it is the description of Allah. And he loves the surah. He loves the surah because in it is the description of Al-Rahman. The description of Allah the most merciful. So Allah جل, He has attributes. Allah جل, he has names. And Allah is unique in those affairs. There's nothing that is similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qayyaf. There is an authentic narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he mentioned, anna allaha khalaqa adama ala suratihi that Allah created Adam upon his image. If someone comes and says there's a contradiction in your religion, (laughs) we have to learn, we have to know how to defend our deen. They say, you Muslims claim that Allah is unique and there's nothing comparable to Allah. But yet there is a hadith that states that Allah created Adam upon his image. How do you explain this? This is a contradiction. Saying, is that Allah says that there's nothing comparable to him and he is the all hearing and the all seeing. But then you have the hadith. At the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that Allah created Adam upon his image and the hadith is authentic. How do we bring harmony between these texts? He hmm. was But his image is... Whose image? Adam. Huh? The image of Adam. That's one explanation. Know that Allah created Adam upon his image, meaning Adam's own image. image For sure, Adam, Allah, as a wajal, created Adam without there being a man or a woman. What about the huh? No, no, here His image, one of the explanations is that Allah created Adam upon the image of Adam. That's how Allah created Adam upon His image, His own image. Meaning Adam's image. This is a statement of some of the scholars of al Sunnah. However, with that, they do not deny the attributes of Allah. They affirm that which Allah has affirmed. You find the likes of Imam Ahmad declaring that those who interpret that hadith, where the pronoun returns back to Adam instead of Allah, that they are from the Jahmiyyah. Why? Because in his time, the Jahmiyyah, they were a deviant group who denied the attributes in the names of Allah. So when it came to that hadith, they said that the pronoun returns back to Adam instead of Allah. In order to deny the attributes of Allah, so from that aspect, yes, this is from the creed of the Jahmiyyah. But Whereas for the scholars of Ahlu Sunnah who explain the Hadith that the pronoun "his" returns back to Adam, these scholars of Hadith, these scholars of Ahlu Sunnah, do not deny the names and the attributes of Allah. So this is the difference here. That's clear. No, okay. The Jahmiya, this is a deviant group, they're the followers of Jah ibn Safwan. They deny all of the names and the attributes of Allah. So, they come to this hadith, Allah created Adam upon his image. They say that his image is not meaning Allah's image. Allah has no image. That's Allah created Adam upon his image, meaning Adam's image but they do that or they interpret the hadith to mean Adam's image in order to deny that Allah has attributes and to deny that Allah has names okay but at the same time you also have scholars of Ahlul sunnah who, who explain the hadith the same way that the pronoun his image returns back to Adam however the scholars of Ahlul sunnah they do not deny the names and the attributes of Allah okay that's one point Everybody's with me, insha'Allah. The other interpretation, the pronoun returns back to Allah. That Allah created Adam upon his image, meaning the image of Allah. So, now how do we understand this hadith with that understanding in accordance to Surah Al Ikhlas? And in accordance to the statement of Allah, Allah created Adam upon Allah's image. Yes. Someone else was meant by Allah as the Wajjal creating Adam upon His image, meaning that Allah as the created Adam with attributes, just as Allah has attributes. Adam, he has attributes. However, they're not the same in the essence. Example, Allah, does he see? Yes or no? Does Adam see? Isn't there a similarity from the aspect of both having the attribute of seeing? However, when it comes to the essence of Allah's sight, it's not similar to the sight of Adam and the sight of Adam is not similar to the sight of Allah. But they both have the attribute of sight. Likewise, hearing. Likewise, speaking. So, they both have attributes. Allah has attributes, Adam has attributes. But when it comes to the essence of the attribute, how the attribute is, is different. Go back to the the, the, the verse, لَيْسَ كَنْتْنِهِ شَيْهِ Allah says, there's nothing like him. But then Allah after that says, وَهُوَ al-Basir? And He is hearing and seeing. Right, Allah is all hearing, all seeing. But Allah establishes for Himself the attribute of hearing and the attribute of sight. Animals hear, animals see. Human beings hear, human beings see, right? They have the attribute of sight and hearing, but it's not the same. The sight of an eagle is not similar to the sight of a human being, and the sight of a human being is not similar to the sight of an eagle, but they both have the attribute of what? Sight, of seeing. But it's not the same. Establishing that Allah has attributes doesn't mean we're resembling Allah to His creation. And this is the fault of the jahmiyyah. This is why they deny the names and the attributes of Allah. Because they say, if we establish that Allah sees and hears, then that means we are resembling Allah to His creation. It doesn't mean that because Allah Himself says that He is all hearing and all seeing. So from the belief in Allah is that we affirm for Allah that which He affirmed for Himself. If Allah says He's all hearing and all seeing, then we say that Allah is all hearing and all seeing. Khalas. That doesn't necessitate that we're saying that Allah, His sight is similar to the sight of human beings or creation. Because you have to go back to the beginning of the verse. لَيْسَ كَمِثْرِهِ There's nothing like Allah. Meaning there's nothing like Allah in how He hears, there's nothing like Allah in how He sees. There's nothing like Allah in how He speaks. There's nothing like Allah in, speaks, like Allah in His power. Do human beings have power? Yes or no? Right, but... Is the power of a human similar to the power of Allah? No. Animals have power also, they have strength. Right? Allah describes Himself as being qawi Look what the Prophet said. Al-Muslim, Al-Mu'min, al qawi Right? The strong believer. Not, is not one of the names of Allah al qawi Okay, but is it the same? No, لَيْسَ كَمِفْتِهِ hishay. Go back to the beginning of the verse. There's nothing like Allah. So a human being, he has attributes. Allah, he has attributes. However, they are not similar in the essence. Yes? So we certainly conclude that uh, like the saying of the Christian is that we're creating of the of God. We give, the hadith said that. But we give the, the correct understanding of it. Okay, that's in the Bible. Not everything in the Bible is false. There's true things in the Bible. In the Bible, it mentions that there's a prophet named Noah. Is that true or not? In the Bible, it mentions that Noah built the ark. Is that true or not? Of course, there are true things in the Bible. Not everything in the Bible is false. But how do we determine what's false and what's not in the Bible? If it agrees with the Quran... If it agrees with that which the Prophet came with, then we believe it. If it opposes what has come in the Qur'an, or what has come from the Prophet wasallam, we reject it. If it doesn't agree, nor does it oppose, we don't believe and we don't deny We say we believe in that which has been revealed to us from Allah None. So the statement of the Prophet wasallam that Allah created Adam in his image, is not similar to how the Christians understand this statement that God created man in His image. Their understanding is that uh, God is a man, as they say, or they believe. And they use this to justify their uh, beliefs in associating partners with Allah. But the, understand, the correct understanding in terms of the Islamic creed is that Allah created Adam with attributes. Allah created Adam with attributes. However, as Allah says, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ Shay. There's nothing like him, even though Adam has attributes, but the attributes of Adam are not similar to the attributes of Allah, meaning in the essence. Yes, Adam, can. Adam he has sight, Adam had hearing, Adam could speak, Adam has strength, but his sight, his hearing, his speech, his strength is not similar to that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza Wa Jal He mentions in Surah Al Maryam, "Rabb al-Samawat wal-Ard, wa ma bi'nahuma هل تعلم له سميا? This is uh, verse 65. This verse combines all three matters: lordship, worship, and names and attributes. The Lord of the heavens and the earth. Lordship, and that which is between them. Therefore worship Him, that's worship. And be patient upon the worship of Him. Do you know there being any equal to Him? This is all three matters in one, in one verse. And this is where, Allah Fikum, the scholars have extracted that the monotheism of Allah is, is divided into three categories. This is not a matter of innovation. This is a matter extracted from the text that Allah is unique uh, and alone in His Lordship, Allah is alone in the matter of worship, and Allah is alone in the matter of names and attributes, as we see in the verse. So these are the four matters when it comes to belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next matter, barakallah feekum, is belief in the malaika What time is there, for the uh, adhan? Huh? Yeah, be. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is belief in the malaika, belief in the angels. The angels are a creation from the creation of Allah. That Allah Azza wa Jalla created from light, as has come in the authentic narration that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned. الملائكة مِنْ نُورِ That the angels have been created from light. وَخُلِقَ مِنْ مارج مِنْ نَارِ And the jinn have been created from smokeless fire. وَخُلِقَ آدَم مِمَّا وُصِفَ لَكُمْ And Adam has been created from that which has been described to you. Meaning, Allah describing that Adam was created from the earth. طيب. The mala'ika, they are the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are a creation that is obedient to Allah. As Allah mentions regarding the mala'ika, لَا يَعْصُونَ اللَّهَ مَا أَمَرَهُمْ وَيَفْعَلُونَ مَا يُؤْمَرُونَ And they, meaning the mala'ika, they do not disobey Allah. And they do that which they are commanded. That verse is a refutation against the narrative that's in The Bible that Iblis was an angel who disobeyed Allah. This is an example of how something is mentioned in the Bible, and we don't accept it. The narrative that's in the Bible is that Iblis, he was an angel by the name of Lucifer. And he disobeyed Allah, so he became a fallen angel, then he became Satan. No, we we do not accept that narrative. Because Malaika, the angels, are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they only do that which Allah Azza wa has commanded them to do, they do not disobey Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The angels, there are some that we know by name, and then others we just we just know their descriptions. The ulama they mention that there are nine angels that we know by name: Jibril, Mikail. Israfil, Munkar, Nakir, Harut, Marut, Ridwan, and Malik. Nine angels that we know by name. Who? That's a description, that's not a name. They're the honorable, noble writers. Or they say, uh, as Allah mentions, مَا مِنْ إِلَّا لديه رقيب These are not names. And, never, and, he, and the human being doesn't utter a word except that there are the angels there who are readily, they write and they record with diligence. They don't miss anything. The angels not رَقِيبٌ Atid. No, this is a, a sifa, this is a description. Kiraman Katibin, This is a, uh, a description. They are they are honorable They are honorable writers. I mean like the angels, they're not going to write something that you didn't that you didn't do, or lie upon you and be adding sins to your <laughs> book of bad deeds that you never did. Or you know, no, they're honorable. They're trustworthy, right? They don't they don't add anything. They don't take. They do as Allah commanded them to do. So these are descriptions. These are not names. As for uh, there's another name that is also mentioned, Israel. Jazakallah khair. That's the name of uh, Malakul Maut. The angel of death, Israel. But that's from the narrations of the Nasara. Or Ahlul kitab But there is no authentic narration to establish that. F1. Israfil, that's the angel who blows the trumpet. That's established. So, yeah, you have Jibreel, Mikail, Israfil, uh, Munkar and Nakir, Munkar and Nakir, these are the two angels that come to you when you're in the grave. And they set you up and they ask you, Man Rabbuk, Ma Dinuk, Man Nabiyuk. Who's your Lord? What is your religion? Who is your prophet? The believer, the one that Allah makes firm, he will say, Rabbi Allah. Dini al Islam wanibi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam." The believer who Allah will make firm in the grave, he will say, my Lord is Allah. My religion is Islam and my Prophet is Muhammad Wasallam. As for the munafiq, the one who pretended, he will say, ah, ah, I heard the people, he say, uh, I don't know. I heard the people saying something, so I said that which they said. This person will be punished in his grave. So you have Jibril, Mikael, uh, Israfil, Munkar, Nakir, Harut and Marut. Harut and Marut, these were the two angels that were sent to the people of Babylon as a test. As a test. And then you have Ridwan and Malik. Ridwan is the gatekeeper of the power. Race, and Malik is the gatekeeper of the hellfire. Ridwan and Malik, naam. Then you have Mala'ika that we don't know their names, we know their descriptions. Like the Mala'ika who carry the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Mala'ika who write down the deeds. As Allah, as the Prophet sallallahu alaihi mentioned how we have an angel on the right and an angel on the left. The angel on the right recording the good deeds, the angel on the left recording the bad deeds. And that when the servant of Allah, he commits a sin... The angel on the left doesn't write the deed for six hours. SubhanAllah, mercy from Allah. For six hours, the angel doesn't write down your bad deed. If you make toba before the time elapses, the deed is never written down. But if the time goes, then the angel writes the deed. But you can still make toba. However, the deed is still written in your book. These are angels, we believe in them. We have uh, the Malaika, the prob- one of the angels, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, and this is one of the angels who carry uh, the throne of Allah, that the distance between the earlobe of the angel and the end of the shoulder is 700 years of traveling. SubhanAllah, Allah, we have to believe in that. When we believe in angels, whatever has come in the text regarding the description of the angels, you have to believe that. Like when the Prophet Wasallam said, he's seen Jibreel in his original form, and he has 600 wings. You have to believe that. This is a part of believing in the Mala'ika. That you believe in their names, if we know their names, and you believe in their descriptions, if you know their descriptions. And we do not say that angels are just forces of good, just like forces or energy. No, no, no. The angels are actual beings that Allah, as the Wajal, has created. Three, Another point, barakallahu fikum. When it comes to uh, the malaika that we must be mindful not to harm them or to offend them. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi عليه وسلم mentioned, "Inna al-malaika t-ta'adha min ma y-ta'adha minu Adam, "o kama qala صلى الله عليه وسلم that the angels are harmed and offended by that which offends or harms the son of Adam. And the Prophet mentioned this in relation to a person who comes to the masjid after he has eaten onions and garlic, and the smell is on his breath. The Prophet said, don't come to the masjid. If you have eaten onions or garlic, and the odor of the onions and garlic is on your breath, don't come to the masjid to pray, because... It's offensive, it harms a person is in the salat And they smell that odor It's a distraction For a person in the salat So the Prophet said Whoever has eaten onions and garlic Do not come to the masjid Because the angels are offended and harmed By that which harms and offends the son of Adam And here, Allah Fikum, The Prophet mentioned this regarding onions and garlic Onions and garlic is healthy for you this is from the good things of the earth. However, the odor can be offensive and harmful. So how much more so for individuals who consume that which is haram and come to the masjid with that odor upon their bodies. Not only are you offending your Muslim brothers, like when the people smoke cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes is haram. It's not makruh. you're hurting yourself. Allah azawajal mentions, وَلَا أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't kill yourselves. Allah mentions, وَلَا تلكم من And do not let your hands be the cause of your destruction. The Prophet said, لَا دَرَرُ وَلَا There is to be no harm or reciprocating harm. It's not allowed for a Muslim to put anything in his body that's harming him. And it is established that the smoking of cigarettes is harmful to the human health. And not only harmful to the one who smokes, but it's offensive and harmful to others. So now a person, he smokes cigarettes, and he comes to the masjid with the odor upon his body. You're offending the Muslims with the smell, and you're offending the malaika. And a part of believing in the malaika is that we interact with them in a manner that's legislated. Not harming them, not offending them, staying away from that which is a harm and offense to them. If there was no benefit in that, then why did the Prophet mention وسلم, that the angels are offended and harmed by that which offends the Son of Adam? InshaAllah ta'ala, we will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azza wa Jalla alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is for myself. bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa The next class will be next Wednesday, in ta'ala.